Chaos Theory doing a great job. Double R, Rodney Rodriguez, and, of course, the man, Adam Wagner. Always check out the Wagner Wire and, of course, Chaos Theory. I'm your boy, Harbaugh Harge. I represent the 250 every day, but now I represent the 512. Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge right here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. Make sure you follow us on social media at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and, of course, at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. You can find us live over there as well. Make sure you hit us up on the CODA text line, 512-222-9328. That's the CODA text line. As we talked about, what up, Rue? How you doing? What up, CB? Thank y'all for tuning in as always. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and we are here today to talk about the Malik Murphy Show. We got Malik Murphy action as always. We're also going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys as the Cowboys go out and headbutt the Rams, old school style. The Texans come up short against the Carolina Panthers, and oh yeah, baby, World Series. We got action, boss. We got action. That's right. The World Series is tied up at one. We'll be breaking that down as both teams travel out to Arizona and get ready for game three tonight on Fox. What up, Icky Ike? How you doing, my brother? I want to go into this game, though. I want to talk a little bit about this game as it pertains to Malik Murphy, uh, the Texas Longhorns, and the victory that they got over the BYU Cougars. Obviously, this was a big game for Coach Sark. You saw the pregame, and if you were watching or listening, everybody kept talking about the fact that it was it was the first time that Coach Sark was able to go up against his alma mater, the BYU Cougars. They make the trip down to Austin, Texas, and let's just say they left a lot to be desired. The BYU football team was not one of their best football teams that they had put on the field uh, at all, to be quite honest with you. And the way that the game was being played was important for the Texas Longhorns and what we got a chance to see with Malik Murphy. The Longhorns went on to uh, victory 35-6. to The game wasn't even close from the very beginning. We got an explosive play from our man uh, Xavier Worthy. We've been waiting for it to have a moment. And I even heard on the pregame Bucky talking about special teams was going to play a major part in the success. And in these situations, did you know as well as I do, uh, for a quarterback making his first start, you want to make things a little bit easier for him. You want them to feel comfortable. There's going to be a lot of pressure from start to, to finish. Uh, I love the fact that when he came out, he was excited. The pregame energy had a little Vince Young-esque when I'm talking about the pregame dance. And I'm not talking about the play. Let's not go there. I'm just talking about the fact of how he got himself going. I'll give out my grade in just a minute. But one of the things that I really wanted to talk about and focus on at this very particular moment is body language. Body language is important. And I understand I have kids. So for me, I can talk about this. I've watched them. I've had a son that went on to play college athletics. I've got another son that son that might have that opportunity. But most importantly, I want them to be good young men as they get older. And one of the main things that I've always talked to my kids about is body language. I've been guilty of it. Trust me. That's why I can speak of it. Sometimes your body language dictates how everybody around you is going to react. 
Uh, there's a lot of conversation uh, going into this as far as leadership and how everybody loves them. And this is what it's all about. But the one thing that nobody got a chance to see during that time was the fact of how you handle disappointment. How do you handle times where things aren't as smooth as you thought they were going to be? That's the thing that I continue to look at. And how do you go about it? Those are the things that I keep talking about. So, you know, he had a little moment where he turned the ball over. He fumbled it, threw an interception. And on the interception, he didn't go after the guy to make the tackle. If you go back and watch that, um, that was something that bothered me from the very beginning. Is if you made the mistake, you threw the ball over. And I know I don't want you going in there and trying to kill nobody or knock nobody out. But I want you to go out there and, and, and kind of make that tackle to where if he returns that for a touchdown and Jonathan Brooks doesn't hustle back to make that play, that is one of the things that was on my mind. It was like, how do you react in adverse situations? Now, Texas went on to win the game. The game was never truly in doubt. But there are moments that you have to look at and try to elevate your team and yourself. And I thought he did that because even after those mistakes that he made, he went out and played a very, very good game. Now let's get into the game because I didn't want to bring up too much of the negativity stuff because I thought what Texas did in this game, we played, and, and Sark talked about this, he played at all three levels, all three phases of the game, which were very, very important when you start to think about it. You start thinking about, how you went out there and you performed and you say, all right, well, we got a new quarterback. We got to play at a certain level. Well, now I need my special teams to go out there and do something. I need the defense to get takeaways. Sark had been talking about takeaways for the last couple of weeks. It started the week during the bye week. They went to play U of H. They turned that they created turnovers there. And then again, in this game against BYU, they were able to create more turnovers. So I always thought, that that was something to to kind of help ease the levels of, of anxiety that the quarterback might have had. So they did well. He made his first career start. He went 16 of 25 for 175. He had two touchdowns and one interception. He also had a fumble. Uh, he threw his first touchdown passes, two of those, uh, both of them to A.D. Mitchell, who, by the way, has looked really, really good. And I thought that this might be a good week for A.D. Because you get into these types of situations and knowing the route and where the ball is going to be delivered, AD was able to make some of those plays. I thought Jonathan Brooks, I said, no matter what, who was going to be the starting quarterback, you needed to go out there and run the football. I thought Jonathan Brooks had another good game, needed to get over 100 yards again. I wanted him to, but he also added four. He, he went 16 of 98 for 98, and then he had 40 yards receiving. Uh, six consecutive game with over 100 purpose, uh, uh, all-purpose yards, which has been very, very good. He also has rushed for a touchdown in five of the six games. He is a tough, tough dude. But back to Malik and what he was able to do. I thought Malik, his rhythm was good. I saw that Sark, as a, plan, as a former quarterback, Sark said, I want to do what I would want to do as a quarterback. That's get the ball, start throwing it right away, and find a rhythm. Going into this game, what were one of, one of the main things that I told you I needed to see from him? I needed to see that he can put touch on the ball. Not that I didn't think he couldn't. It's just a matter of the, the energy that he comes out with 
Was he going to be able to harness that? And I thought he did an awesome job uh, to making sure that he was getting the ball out of his hands, controllable passes, and putting the ball in areas to where this team would be able to move around. Uh, the question was asked of Sark at the very beginning. You know, what 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 did you think about Malik and why were you passing a lot early in the game? And it goes back to what I just said. And playing the position, you want to find a way to get the rhythm. There were a bunch of guys that said, I'm not really into the game until I get hit. You know, you've heard quarterbacks talk about that. The game didn't really start until I got popped. Well, you know, sometimes the game needs to start another way. And this is the way that he decided. Sometimes the best way to, to get rid of any of the jitters a guy might have is let him go play. And and not that I didn't think we could run it or not. Um, I, I just feel like, man, when I was a quarterback and and if my first time I went out there, give me some throws. You know, don't make me wait till it's third and nine and now I have to throw it to try to make a play. And um, I, I thought there were some good throws in there. You know, I, I really... You know, the, the, I like the throw to Xavier kind of deep across the field. We didn't get the pass interference call, but it was a great read by him. You know, he, he found AD. Um, you know, so th there were some things in there that, that I think were good for him, and it kind of got him playing football again. And, you know, a week ago when he went in against Houston, he really only had that, you know, the two throws there for an entire quarter. And we can't play football just lining up thinking we're going to run it you know, 10 out of 12 plays the whole game. And we, we need balance. And so to get him out there and, and letting him go play, I thought was good for him. Um, and I thought was good for us in that, you know, there's going to be a lot of growth for him out of it, uh, as well as us as a team. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's definitely going to be some growth. There's going to be some, uh, some, some maturation as a team. Just like we talked about at the very beginning of the, of the week, we said, now that he's getting all the first team reps and getting yourself into this, now you have the opportunity to hone your skills. I think this week he'll be better than he was last week. At least we hope so. Chris Kleiman against K-State, against one of the better teams in the conference. And in case you did not know, I have been a big fan of Chris Kleiman. What he's been able to do at K-State, what he was able to do before he even got to K-State, he was the right choice for K-State to come in and replace Bill Snyder. He was the perfect person for that job. When he first took the job, me and Chip Brown, see, we're easy. We were together when he first came into this league, and we were like, this is a damn good football coach. And he's continued to do that. He's continued to be a major force when it comes to the Big 12 Conference. You didn't know what you were going to get from K-State. And now here we are, everybody with one win. There's no room for error moving forward for this team. And that's why I believe this week it is going to be even more uh, imperative that Malik opens up that playbook a little bit more. We got an opportunity to see the arm strength. We saw some big passes. We saw some touch passes. We saw some things from Malik Je uh, Jefferson, Malik Murphy that we thought we were going to see. Now, he didn't unleash everything, and there were some times where you, you, you would want him to pull the ball on those zone reads, but then that might have been something that Sark said, hey, man, don't pull the ball. Don't be out there trying to run. I need you to be upright and be able to lead this team. So maybe that's it, 
Maybe they didn't want to put too much on the field or maybe even didn't want to put too much on him. But there was definitely some plays that were left to be desired. And I think he's going to get more of an opportunity. Uh, one of the things that I was very impressed with, and I credit this to the Texas uh, Sports Information Group over at the University of Texas. The Texas had big play after big play. Texas had eight plays of go from 20 or more yards, including three of them that went for touchdowns. You had the Xavier Worthy big punt return. My man Bucky, shout out to Bucky saying that they were going to get that. They had the 74-yard punt return. They had a 20-yard reception by J.T. Sanders in the first quarter. Terrence Brooks had a 40-yard interception return, creating turnovers. That's something that we needed to do, that Texas needed to do. Adonai Mitchell had a 30-yard touchdown reception from Malik. Uh, Jonathan Brooks had a 38-yard touchdown run. Keelan Robinson had a 23-yard run. Uh, Michael Taft had a 45-yard interception return that uh, he looked like he turned it into another gear, like he thought he was going to smell some pay dirt over there getting close to it. And then, of course, Jaden Blue at the end of the game had that 34-yard touchdown run. And that's the thing. Texas is finding ways to make explosive plays that they hadn't had in quite some time here. So that's been an impressive, impressive uh, journey that this football team is on. Let me tell you about a journey that you need to take. You need to take a journey out to Covert Bee Cave. That's right, out to the Texas Hill Country. It's a little cold out there, but don't worry about that. They got heaters in there. And make sure you go out there because they have three new state-of-the-art dealerships that carry seven brands. Those brands are Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to those seven brands, if you need a Ford, you can drive out to Hutto or you can go out to uh, Ford Lincoln over in Austin off of 183. Uh, Cobra BKs have something for everyone. No matter the make and model, they will service it. They have 86 service bays throughout the entire dealerships, so your wait time will be minimal. So please visit, visit CobraBeeCave.com for the latest specials, inventory, or just stop by and see them. My man Ira Clark and the Mar Marcus Washington boys, junior and senior, are over there. So make sure you tell them that Harbaugh Harge told them, told you to go out there and get a vehicle with, from them. No one beats a Cobra deal, not now, not ever. And don't forget this Friday, legendary lifetime Heisman Trophy winning uh, running back Ricky Williams will be at Covert BK. That's right. This Friday, Ricky Williams, Covert BK. Get yourself out there. Get your autographs. Take a picture. Talk to Ricky about life, astrology, and ask Bucky all kinds of questions why he didn't give him 10 more yards his freshman year. All that and more right out there at Covert Bee Caves. Make sure you take that short drive out to Covert Bee Cave. We also had a special announcement that was made today, which was very, very impressive, uh, that now Texas Sports Unfiltered will definitely be involved this Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday, they will be at Schultz's Beer Garden starting at 8.30 to do the pregame show there. Everybody come on by Schultz's BK, a staple, the BK, Schultz's Beer Garden, a staple in the Austin uh, area. Everybody used to go there for pregame. Some people still go there for pregame. Well, now you get a chance to kick it with 
the Texas Sports Unfiltered crew this Saturday, starting at 8.30, because the first uh, the game is at 11. So make sure you get out to Schultz's and kick it with BK, Bucky, and some of the crew. I want to continue the conversation when it comes to this Texas football team because I've talked a lot about the offensive side of the ball, but one of the things I hadn't had a chance to talk about is that defense. Tavondre Sweat spent more time in the backfield than the running backs for BYU. Uh, He had seven tackles, three solo tackles, and he was stopping people at the point of attack. He has his, those seven tackles were a career high for him, and he added a tackle for loss, uh, 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 one and a half tackles for loss. It has been really interesting to watch this team and what Tavondre Sweat has done at his on his time at the University of Texas. The way he's gone about this, the way he's uh, he's portrayed himself as a leader on this team. the The front line has been unstoppable, unmovable in the front, and he has continued to get better. And we talked to Derek Johnson a while back. And he was talking about the big guys up front. He, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, Vernon, it has already been brought in, has been on the field and making plays as well. I saw Baron Sorrell sighting yesterday. I mean, on Saturday as well. What we had an opportunity to witness with this is he said that those guys up front are the reason why you can keep your linebackers clean. That's where he was so good. Is because the big guys up front let him move from side to side. When the defensive line wasn't playing as good as they are right now, we didn't see Jalen uh, Ford anywhere. Well, you know what's happening when now that they're applying this pressure, Jalen Ford set a season high 11 total tackles. Player of the game. He had two quarterback hits and one tackle for loss. That is where you want to see Jalen Ford. You want to see Jalen Ford being able to go sideline to sideline. You want to see Jalen Ford Ford having four solo tackles, seven assists, and 11 total tackles. That is what you want to see from him. Devondre Sweat, seven total tackles in there, and one and a half tackles for loss. You got Derek Williams, who was playing well. You had Jade Barron, who was balling out, as always. You stand Anthony Hill and Mo Blackwell making their presence felt. You saw Terrence Brooks with the interception. How'd he get the interception? Tip drill by my man, Jade Barron, coming in, providing pressure. And we said going into this game, Keaton Slovis was not one of those guys that was going to scare you with his feet. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. And you know what else happened? Plays were being made. This was probably the best performance by the Texas Longhorn football team, or excuse me, defensive side of the ball than we've seen in a very long time. They didn't allow a touchdown. This is the second game in the season where the, where the, they did not allow a touchdown. And the first one was against Baylor. It was the fourth time this season that they held under 10 points. Rice, Wyoming, Baylor, and now BYU. So they have continued to do big things. They only gave up 12 yards on 12 plays in the first quarter. Dominant defense. Dominant defense. And the fact that they were able to hold uh, BYU to two field goals when Texas was turning the ball over in BYU 
where where BYU was in Texas's territory, they were in plus, and they didn't get a chance to turn those into touchdowns. Credit to that defense, credit to that group, and credit to the team that was making plays. Texas did what they were supposed to do. They didn't even have to do that. They didn't even have to dominate the time of possession. Texas only had it for 26 minutes. BYU had it for 33. But Texas just kept going at Texas kept getting them off the field. BYU was only third, three of 14 on third downs. That's getting them off the field where Texas was six of 11 continuing to have drives. The one area of concern and will always be the area of concern until proven different is the fact that Texas has to figure out a way to score in the red zone. And when I say score, I mean score touchdowns. Now we went through the list. We talked about the explosive plays, but this is this is where Texas has to get better. When they were in the red zone, they were two of five. Two of five. And, and didn't have any field goals. Sark needs to take points this week. I understand ego gets involved in it, but there's no harm, no fat if you put some points on the board. The problem is when you believe in your defense so much, and I do, I believe in the defense so much that you feel like you can go for it anywhere. But sometimes just get the points. There was You had five trips. You had two touchdowns. You had two opportunities to kick, three opportunities to kick field goals. And I understand man for man, you think that your team would be able to execute it. But what we've seen throughout is we haven't been able to do so. So until you get back to that confident level of every play call that you make in that zone, especially with a young quarterback that you still don't know what you're going to get from him just yet. Take the points, take the points, be positive in the points as opposed to going for it. And I understand you want to be able to put your foot on their throat. I get it, but you don't have your starting quarterback. You have a quarterback who made his first career start that anytime that they're on the field and you get a chance to put points on the board, That's a win for the offense. That's the win for the young man's confidence. But most importantly, it gives your defense another opportunity to know that, hey, we got points on the board. Let's go pin our ears back. Let's go get the quarterback for the other team. Let's dominate the line of scrimmage and and make sure that we get the ball back to this offense in good field position. I don't believe in wasting those opportunities, especially, again, Because of the fact of where we've been thus far, we've seen it. It's on film. And everybody keeps talking about, well, they're going to get better. They need to work on this. At this point in the season, aren't you pretty much who you are? Is this this the point? Yes, you can continue to get better. You can continue to work towards this. And I understand you're trying to improve each game, each week, and week-to-week improvement is a sign of a well-coached team. I get that. But until you get to that point of the consistency, this is pretty much who you are. And that is one of the things that I continue to look at, and I'm still trying to, to break down and see exactly how this is going to be. So here's one of the things that Sark was asked about when it talked about the defensive performance. I can actually, you know what? I'm going to actually talk about the offense 
because I was on that side, then I'll bring up the defense. But I want to bring up what Sark had to say about his offensive recap. Uh, and I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really proud of him. Um, you know, I, we had opportunities there for the game to, to go in a, in a little better direction, a little smoother direction. Um, and, and naturally, we just didn't finish those drives in the red area. And so, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there's a level of frustration as it pertains to that. Um, and, and we've got to, we got to continue to dig deep into that, into the things that we do well, uh, and how do we emphasize that to, to score more points when we have opportunities to. Um, but, but for Malik to come out and play the way that he did, uh, it's unfortunate he had a couple of those turnovers, which, you know, were quite frankly a little bit because we're a little out of rhythm. And I think we can clean some of that rhythm up uh, as he gets a little bit more comfortable um, as we move forward. And that's what it's all about. We already know he's going to be able to clean some of this stuff up. We already know that that each game that you continue to play, you're going to get better. And if you see things start to regress, Sark knows how to fix that. I get that. And that's why the more he starts to play, the more he starts to get acclimated to the speed of the game, because, yes, uh, everybody thinks that, you got the speed of the game, and this was a team that wasn't as fast as you, and they weren't as fast as your players. But this week against K-State, the Purple Kryptonite, who always plays Texas, and I understand Texas has won a bunch of games here lately against uh, K-State. I get that. Trust me. But this is a different K-State. And I heard this conversation the other day with Dan Lanning, who – Everybody's critical of Dan Lanning and Dan. The one thing that I like about Dan Lanning is this dude is one of the most confident coaches I've ever heard talk. Like he believes in his team that much in that conversation. He was on college game day. He was the first opposing coach to walk out on college game day in the other city and say, period. It's not the same football team. So anything that's happened throughout these years mean nothing to me. And nothing to this team. Each year is a unique situation. I feel the exact same way going into this K-State game. I told everybody at the beginning of the year, I had Texas going 10-2 and two on the season. And this was a game that I had circled because of Chris Kleiman, what he brings. And again, what happened last year, what happened the year before that, does, has zero bearing on what happens today or this weekend. So to me, fine. Talk about the past. Talk about all that other stuff because it may have a little bit of relevancy. But right now, what we have going on this week has zero, zero to do with what last year's team looked like. And I believe that. It is going to be a tough, hard-fought game and everything that goes into this week needs to be dialed in and sharper than ever. You know, we always talk about iron sharpens iron. And I do believe that. But I'm telling you right now, this K-State football team is a team that is playing uh, really good football, very good disciplined football. And Chris Kleiman is one of the best coaches that nobody talks about across the nation. He produces, he gets wins, and he keeps this team grounded. 
that focused on each week. And Will, Will Howard, Will spill the pill Howard, back at quarterback, it's going to be a fun week. And by the way, he is mobile, guys. So let's see how this Texas defense formulates a plan to stop him from, from running around and being that mobile because he could create a lot of problems. You know what else is going to create a lot of problems this week? It's because of the fact that today, today is the day that is a sports gami. Sports gami or whatever the word is that everybody's talking because this is the week that you have every single sports team is playing a game. Everybody has a game this week. In Arlington, not in Arlington, excuse me. Um, they have a, a game in Phoenix with all these teams. Just like I said about Dallas, Phoenix is doing the exact same thing. They have their MLB team, they have their hockey team, and they have their NBA team. And, of course, yesterday they had the uh, NFL team playing as well. In order for you to be able to watch all this action and pay attention to everything that's going on, you need to do it with the folks over at AB Consultations. That's right. Audiovisual Consultations is where you need to go to set up your home theater, your man cave, your she shed, whether you want indoor, outdoor lighting, if you want surveillance cameras put up, anything that you need that has an audiovisual feel, Tom McKay and his crew will get it all done for you. Give them a call at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or go to abconsultations.com. They've been around since 1988 in all the sports bars in town that you have been to and where you walk around and you see everything. Those are the people that have brought that to you. Tom McKay and his crew do a great job. So make sure you get you hit them up at 512-255-8678 or go to abconsultations.com. That's right. As I was talking about, all your sports needs are going on right now. You have a uh, NBA game. You got Major League Baseball. You have the uh, NFL as well. You have everything going on right now in, in, in sports for the first time. August 30th. I mean, August 30th. October 30th is the only time that you will have all of these sports going on at once. What a time to be alive, folks. What a time to be alive. I'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys here in just a second, but right now I want to talk about the Major League Baseball and what to expect. We need to talk about what we saw on Friday night, the, the walk-off by the, the walk-off home run by Adolis Garcia, El Bombe went out and hit the ball really, really hard to the opposite field. You had Corey Seager, Mr. Postseason, hitting a two-run game-tying home run in the ninth, and he just absolutely crushed it. And then you had Adolis come back in the 11th inning. Uh, game two was just as good and exciting if you're an Arizona Diamondback fan, but you go from slugging home runs in game three, I mean game one, by the Texas Rangers walking them off, to going back to the small ball and the way that the Arizona Diamondbacks continue to play the game. The Arizona Diamondbacks are known for their speed and their small ball approach that makes the old head smile and the swing coaches cringe. That's right. 
I'm talking about swing coaches. You know who I'm talking about. I ain't talking about batting coaches because hitting coaches work on hitting. Swing coaches want you to lift and separate and not teaching you the fundamental part of the game. That is what the Arizona Diamondbacks are known for. The Arizona Diamondbacks find ways to generate runs through aggressive base running and in making sure that you are playing the game the right way. The fundamental, they're not going up there to be bashers. They have more stolen bases than any of the other teams that were in the playoffs combined. They led the major leagues in bunts and sacrificed bunts this year, and they continue to do it. That, to me, at the end of the season, is how you need to play the game. That is the way that baseball is meant to be played at the end of the season because now it don't matter about your average. Now it don't matter about how many home runs you hit in the regular season. What matters is what you do in the playoffs. Your numbers are your numbers. If you want to be considered Mr. Postseason, go ahead. But there's a process and a way to go about it. And if you think about this, all things have come into play. And I think that's the, they, you know, they got, they let the first game get away because they did the same thing in the first game, but they didn't let it get away in the second game. With the nine to one victory in game two, the series is back in Arizona tonight. 703 is the first pitch. And I'm going to give you a percentage right here. There have been 60 previous best of seven World Series that were tied at 1 1 after two games. And 46 of them, that's 76.7%, went at least six games. I still have Texas Rangers in six. Let's make sure we talk about this. And I'm letting y'all know I still have them in six. But they've all gone six games. Arizona answers on Saturday, which made it significant because in 54 of those 60 series, to be two games to nothing, only 21 of them lasted six or more games. So it was important for them to win, and that's exactly what they did. The Diamondbacks received a great contribution on the mound and at the plate. Uh, Merrill Kelly had his changeup. And it's two-seamer that was, man, if y'all were watching that game, y'all were probably in awe. And the other reason why you were probably in awe was those crappy-ass home plate umpires in both of the games. And I want to ask you this stuff right here. So let me let me uh, bring this stat up because when I saw this, I was pissed off. And as a baseball fan or a sports fan, we hear – Throughout MLB, not MLB, but NBA, you hear it for NFL. You probably hear it in hockey. I don't watch a lot of hockey and I apologize for that, but you probably hear about the officials in those hockey matches, right? And one of the things that has really been on my mind throughout this time is I go to Umpire Auditor. And this is what, what, what Umpire Auditor does is it breaks down all of the umpires and who they are and how they are represented in these games. And one of the things that stood out to me throughout these playoffs is the fact that they never have the best officials, or excuse me, the best umpires in this game. And you're probably saying, like, how do you know that, Harge? How do you know that? Well, behind the plate, there's the umpire auditor breaks down all these umpires and how they rank throughout. Major League Baseball, and throughout the season. 
And I was always under the impression that if you go out and you do the best throughout the year, you would get the call for that. And I'm sure you've heard that. And it, it is unbelievable to me that they will let these types of umpires that weren't that successful at what they do be involved in these games. And matter of fact, it's quite frustrating because these teams have worked their asses off to get to this point. So you want the best of the best to be there for you. So let me give you the rankings of these umpires. And I want to start with Friday. Okay. On Friday, DJ Rayborn ranked 75th out of 92 umpires. Game two, Quinn Walcott and my man Longhorn Bear or Lady said this 12 missed calls by the home plate umpire, nine Ks for the Diamondbacks, and only one for the Rangers. I couldn't agree with you more, but I want to tell you this. Quinn Walcott, the home plate umpire, ranked number one this year in umplate in, in umpires. Tonight's umpire, Alfonso Marquez, ranks 77th. Tomorrow's umpire, Dave Rackley, ranks 68th. Game five umpire behind the plate, Brian Knight ranks 33rd. Vic Carazma, Carapaza, excuse me, will be game six. His name, he ranks 60th. And for game seven, if we get to game seven, the crew chief, Bill Miller, ranks 53rd. Tell me why we have those people doing that. Tell me why we would have umpires that don't rank at the very top of their game. This is ridiculous to me. Throughout the league, he had it when he was in, this was the third worst game that he had on Friday night. He had the correct call. He had a correct call rate at 91%. The league averages 92.5%. And then all of a sudden he misses 12 of those calls. That makes zero sense to me, but I digress. Let me get back and, and give you this information on what Merrill Kelly was able to do. His changeup and his two-seamer were on point. He was more like Picasso. He was more like Picasso, the way he was painting both sides of the pit, but the umpire was helping him out. Kelly, who was 35 years old, spent 2015 to 2018 in South Korea after pitching five seasons in the Rays farm system. And now Zach Gallen was a big part of his success, and they've been doing everything that they can to keep everything going for them. On, on the offensive side of the ball, Tommy Pham went four for four. Uh, Cattell Marte now has an 18-game postseason hitting streak, and he now holds that record. He's always been clutch. And then, of course, Corbin Carroll did his thing with two hits and two RBIs. They just play the game the right way. Situational baseball is outstanding to watch when you watch a team like this who doesn't, uh, you know, drive the ball all over the place, doesn't hit the ball all out of the park. They just do what they're supposed to do. Uh, Texas went from walking off the Diamondbacks on Friday 
to just to not even being in it on Saturday. The powerful Rangers could only muster one run, and that was the Garver home run on four hits. They had 10 Ks and only walked once. Rangers pitching couldn't even round up those snakes. Jordan Montgomery didn't didn't have his best stuff. He wasn't sharp at all. He went six innings with four runs on nine hits in the bullpen, gave it up as well. That was the one area of concern that we had. Five runs on three, uh, on three, uh, five runs on three hits or three innings. Modern playoff history has painted a very clear picture for the recipe for success. If you pitch well and you play good defense, and of course you can hit the ball over the fence like the Yank, like the Rangers have been doing. Teams that out home their opponents have gone twenty-two and four in this postseason. Postseason. And most of the runs, more than half of the runs, have uh, come via the homer, but not for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are on point when it comes to that type of game. The series is back in Arizona tonight. Mad Max for the Rangers, and Brandon Fott will take the ball for the Diamondbacks. 703 first pitch on Fox. We got NFL NFL football tonight as well, but most importantly for Rangers fans, tonight's the night, folks. You got to get after it. Let me tell you somebody else that you need to get after. You need to get after the folks over there at Blue Heron Furniture. That's right, folks. A custom furniture company, custom leather furniture company that's been around since 1991. They focus on the heavy leathers, the hides, and fabrics, whether you want traditional Western or modern farmhouses. Let me tell you how beautiful this stuff is. It's the highest quality furniture that you will ever be able to find. You cannot and you will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, more well-built furniture anywhere out there. There's a link in the YouTube description video below that takes you directly to the Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. You get the promo code HOOKEM, you use the promo code HOOKEM, and you'll get 15% off your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than the great Blue Heron Furniture. Click on the link below for more info, or you can call them at 866-247-9633. That's 866-247-9688. Also, the weather is bad, folks. It's raining. You need to make sure that you reach out to my boys over at Four Roofs. The number Four Roofs TX is where you need to go and have them come out and check your roof. The weather's been crazy. I saw pictures of people that said that they didn't even realize that they had a hole in their roof because they didn't call my folks. So I gave them the information. They're going out there to check on it. Go to the number four roofs TX and get all of your needs. They got over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and a quick response time. They are thorough and very, very trustworthy. I used them for my home. My neighbors have used them. I've got some cousins that they went over and visited make sure you give them a call. I know them personally, and they will definitely take care of you. They make sure that they have a project manager on every job site to make sure that everything goes smoothly. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today and and give them a call at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884, or go to the number 4roofstx.com. I also want to talk to you about my Dallas 
Cowboys. That's right. I said it. My Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys went out there and handled their business against the Tampa, Tampa Bay, against the um, L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams, I don't even know who they are anymore. I mean, you you sit there and you look at this squad and you say, who are you? And they went from the penthouse to the outhouse. They went from being one of the best football teams out there to now they are searching for some help. But, of course, Dak Prescott was able to do his thing, and uh, he went out and did everything that he was supposed to do, probably played one of his best games that he's ever played as a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. And I know a lot of people continue to want to hate on him and think that he doesn't have what it takes, but I'm here to tell you, Dak put it together, Dak did his thing, and he went out and played some good football. So when you sit here and you want to talk about how he didn't show up or who is this guy? Is he going to be able to, to lead this team? That's exactly what Dak was able to do. I just don't understand the hate that always has to go in to the conversation when we talk about Dak Prescott. His numbers speak for themselves. He was able to go out and throw the ball around and do what he was asked to do. And C.D. Lamb got an opportunity to, to show up. And for the first time in a long time, this team looks like a doggone good football team. You know, Dak Prescott's numbers through the last three games. No, excuse me, last two games. He has 40, 46 completions. He's thrown for 576 yards. He's got 12 and a half yards per attempt, five TDs, one INT. He's, he has 11 rushing attempts, 69 yards. That's 6.2 yards per carry, one rushing touchdown, and no fumbles. That is the Dak Prescott that we have been wanting to see. That's the Dak Prescott that we've been talking about for quite some time, but nobody wants to listen to it, which is kind of funny to me when you sit and you think about who he is and what he's been able to do. When you start looking at what Dak and his Cowboy team and the numbers were out there themselves, the win marked 11 consecutive wins at AT&T Stadium for the Cowboys. It's the longest active winning streak at home in the NFL. They won the last 11 straight games for the first time since uh, 1991-92 season. Now, think about that for a second. And in three home games this year, the Cowboys um, have outscored their opponents 111-33. to so they play well at home. That's never been a doubt. There's always been, you know, they get to go on the road. They play Philadelphia. So these are big weeks for the Longhorns and the Cowboys. This is going to be a huge week. But yesterday, Dak Prescott had a great game, 25 of 31, 304 yards passing, four TDs. He had the one interception, uh, tip pass, but it's still in the INT. But C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb has been doing things the way that it is supposed to be done. C.D. Lamb, he told him, I've been open for a long time, bro. I've been open for a long time. Two weeks ago, C.D. Lamb was asked when he was in uh, San Francisco, what's the problem? What's the problem? And then he went, he just he said he's not getting enough targets. And then he went like Jamar Chase. He kept saying, I'm always open. I'm open like 7-Eleven. Shout out to our sponsor, 7-Eleven. Um, 
He said, I'm always open. I'm open like 7-Eleven, just like Jamar Chase. And ever since then, they've been getting him the football and been making it happen. The Cowboys' run game continues to be a struggle, though. It has struggled against the Rams, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Tony Pollard, I just don't see it, guys. I know I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know why I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm going to say he's coming off of that ACL. I'm going to let him go through the motions. I'm going to say we'll see where he is. But let's just put it like this. He is not getting another contract. He is not getting another contract. So let's just see how that play out. And C.D. Lamb, the way that he played, 12 receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. He's been on fire the last couple of weeks. The fact that Dak is forcing the ball to him helps throughout. Find a way to get that man the ball, bro. And that's exactly what he was able to do. C.D. Lamb now has 308 career receptions making him the fastest receiver in franchise history to reach 300 catches and the 17th receiver to surpass 300 receptions in his first uh, 56 games. But I want to talk about one player and one player specifically. I want to talk about two, well, two players. I want to talk about Brandon Aubrey. You're probably like, who is Brandon Aubrey? Our kicker, folks. We've been begging for a kicker. We finally got us a kicker. And now my man has tied the NFL record for the most consecutive field goals to start a career with 18. He's got 18 makes. That is what it's all about. We And it's a guy that we knew nothing about, folks. I knew nothing about this dude at all. Uh, but I want to bring up one guy, one guy alone, Deron Blake. When I was on the air at the other station, we had a, I had a, uh, a fan text in, a listener, excuse me, I don't got to call him a fan, a, a, a listener text in to the show. And I was trying to figure out who was going to be uh, the defensive backs, what's going to happen, trying to get scouting reports on all these guys. I got a scouting report that said, pay attention to Deron Bland out of Fresno State. It's like, why are we talking about this guy out of Fresno State? Fresno State. So he comes in and. First year, he leads the team in interceptions, making plays just around the ball all the time. And then this year, same situation. Deron Bland just continues to make plays. Bland had three pick sixes that tied for the most of any team in the first seven games of NFL history. He now has more pick sixes this season than Deion Sanders had in his five season in his five seasons. And his uh he's got more than Deion Sanders when Deion was a player of the year as well. His four intersection interceptions this season in the league is the second behind Geno Stone's five. Now, this is what it is all about. When you sit and you think about how he ranks defensively, he's got the lowest passer rating allowed in the NFL amongst defenders. That's 22.7. He's tied for the most interceptions in the league with four. The most interceptions returned 
for a touchdown in a season so thus far is three. The record is four, by the way. He's not allowed a touchdown on his side. He's got six stops behind the line of scrimmage. And he's got five PBUs. Oh, yeah, by the way. And he's only allowed an NFL low of 43 yards after the catch. Now, if you don't want to put his name in the conversations, that's on you. But I will tell you this. This week, coming up, will be the biggest challenge for him in the NFL this season, for sure, and possibly since he started his career. Because this week, the Cowboys go to Philly, play against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a big, big game. Cowboys are a three-point underdog in the game at Philly. They handled their business by beating the Washington Commanders 38-31. They might have been looking ahead, but the Commanders are a good football team. They play hard. Sam Howe had a great game yesterday, was pushing pushing all the buttons. But A.J. Brown has turned into an AI machine. He's like AI, man. You're trying to figure out where they always say, that uh, over there is not real. That's what A.J. Brown has been turning into. He's been turning in big game after big game. He, too, had an argument on the sideline with his quarterback trying to figure out how to get him the ball. He said it was all love. It wasn't a real argument. It's just two competitive dudes on the sideline having conversations. Well, since that conversation, A.J. Brown has turned in big game after big game, including yesterday's performance where he caught eight passes for 130 yards, two touchdowns, and one of them was he domed somebody. He got on that head and domed him. So even Julio Jones caught a touchdown, so that's something else that they're going to be putting on film. So it's a big week for the Cowboys, big week for the Texas Longhorns, or they're going to play some enemies this week, and I can't wait for them. I do want to give a shout-out to my son, DJ. That's right. Y'all, y'all heard me talk about DJ Harge and what he brings every single week. He's in my ear all week about two games, and this started on Tuesday of last week. He was in my ear. He kept saying, Dad, I'm telling you, Kansas is going to beat Oklahoma. I'm like, yeah, okay, kid. All right, I hear you. Dad, I'm telling you, Kansas is going to beat Oklahoma. I was like, whatever, man, I hear you. I hear you, bro. I hear you. Then he kept coming to me, and this is where I looked at him like he was crazy. He said, Dad, the Broncos are going to be Kansas City Chiefs this week. That's when I side-eyed him. I was like, boy, if you don't get up, boy, I, I wanted to drug test him. I wanted to drug test him. Because if you've seen the way the Broncos' defense has been playing, I'm not even going to talk trash about Russell Wilson. Y'all can talk as much trash as you want about Russ. Go look at the numbers and compare him to your quarterback and tell me what Russ has been doing. Russ has been doing his thing. But he kept looking at me, kept telling me, kept saying Dad, I'm telling you right now, Kansas is going to win and my Broncos are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, he said this on Tuesday. Now, that was before we found out that Taylor Swift and her Swifties weren't going to show up in Kansas City. And this was before we heard that uh, Patrick Mahomes was sick. And so 
didn't want to listen to it, didn't want to believe him. But little did I know, the little dude knew exactly what he was talking about. And that's where my guy, that's what it's all about. Sometimes you got these hunches. And he said, when I have a feeling, I just had a feeling. He didn't waver from it. He stayed on it. And now he got that dub. And so my man is walking around with his chest poked out. Longhorns won. Cowboys won. His Broncos won. And he called the, the KU upset of Oklahoma. Wow. My boy knows what he's talking about. Let me tell you about my friends over at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers is where you need to go for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why they won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you are a happy customer, why would you want to go anywhere else? Especially when you give them five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all other referral sites. So I want to make sure, too, that you understand the reason why this company was started is because he was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers right. So if you know if I'm working with them, you should, too. Pest Wranglers services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're needing help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or an inspection on your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808. That's 512-670-7808. Or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. That's why you go and check them out, folks. Man, I want to thank y'all for tuning in today. And as I told you guys before, we're going to have a lot to break down. Coach Sark had his uh, press conference today. And we'll break down that as we prepare and turn our sights now to the Kansas State Wildcats. You know, Texas always has a tough time with that purple, whether it's TCU or K-State. Remember, don't look at the past. You can do it as a reference, but that does not matter when you're looking at this year's team versus this year's team. So that's where everything matches up. And you just got to look at what these teams look like head to head. And I can't wait for that matchup. 11 a.m. Big noon kickoff will be in the house. But you know where you're going to be. You're going to be at Schultz's Beer Garden. That's right. Texas Sports Unfiltered will be doing the pregame show at Schultz's Beer Garden starting this Saturday at 8.30 a.m. First kickoff is first kickoff. Kickoff will be at 11 a.m., but get over the Schultzes. Go hang out with Bucky and BK as they get the party started. And don't forget, make sure you get over to Covert BK this Friday. Heisman Trophy winner, my man, Ricky Williams, going to talk to you about your astrology. He's also going to talk about cannabis. Make sure you ask him about the cannabis as well, because he has some information that might be important to you. And don't forget, folks, today is the only day in 2023 that all the major sports in the United States, that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, and, of course, Major League Baseball, will all be played today. 